You are listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast. And despite what the title may lead you to believe, this is a podcast about the joys and challenges of being a professional PHP developer. Your hosts are three passionate developers who make a living coding and who live stream every week to discuss coding, projects, work, tech, and running a business. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Van Johnson, John Congdon, and Tom Rideout. You're listening to episode 270, PHP Ugly. Your one shop, nope, your one stop shop for everything BOS related. So all your all your top BOS stories, this is where you want to be. What's BOS? ZBBOS, got it? Yeah, I'm your host, Eric Van Johnson, and with me is John Congdon. Still trying to figure out BOS myself. And Tom right up. Birds I, of I, Song? I don't know. I, what is? Oh, you guys don't really know what BOS no, really? BOS almost changed the entire course of Apple Computer. So BOS was an operating system that was okay. being developed. Oh, oh BOS. BOS. B. What do you think I was saying? The letter B, the letter I, O, the letter S. Yeah. Like a no, POS, like, well, B, but a BOS. B, not, not, B, BOS. Any listeners out there who don't know the story of BOS, BOS was an operating system that was being developed, I forget when, back in the 90s, I guess, that was, rumor has it, slated to become the new OS of the Mac. And again, as far as I know, it's just rumors. Apple was in negotiations to buy BOS to make it the next operating system when, I guess, the BOS owner or CEO got greedy and wanted more money than Apple was willing to play to pay. That's when they decided to pivot and go the next computer and get Steve jobs to come back to Apple. And had that not happened, you could be running BOS on your Macs right now. And, and you wouldn't, and, you wouldn't. And BOS, B-E-O-S was those binaries. What am I saying differently? I'm saying BOS. You're saying B O S. Yeah, yeah. It's B O S. B O S. Don't be a dick. B O S. B O S. So I'm I'm uh I've started a new uh, a new liquid diet. It's I whiskey. drink until I get so drunk I don't care how fat I am. <laughs> I got complimented okay. today. Someone asked me how much weight I've lost. And I said, well, uh, I've, been tucking my, I've been tucking my shirt in differently. And he said, no, I don't think that's it. And I said, well, the scale disagrees. <laughs> my joke was funnier. What, BOS? <sighs> God, oh, my goodness. What did you have to B-O-S? talk about, Tom? There was something you wanted to talk about. Before the show started, you, you wanted to just roll at, over. At I think he wanted, he wanted to apologize for last week, I think. I don't know who any of us are because we haven't been properly introduced. He just said it. He just went through it. You really just don't pay any attention to the show at all. What I meant to say is (laughs) I I owe some apologies. If you watch on the live stream, you will have noticed that there are some inconsistent. The intro video has this problem where it skips around. But isn't it like a year old? This is my project for the weekend. The Ryzen oh. 5 5600X. I am doing a full system upgrade on this here media management computer. Didn't you just get like a brand new video card last year and we're like all excited about it? That's my gaming yeah. system. And that Didn't was, that was that also <laughs> that was also three years ago. Uh, okay. This right. this whole COVID thing, I mean, as much as I'm not impacted by it because I've always like preferred not leaving the house. I'm amazed at how people are able to like lose entire years when trying was. When you when you think of when when did this event happen? Recently, everyone I know is has been wrong by a year. Didn't we talk about like, this like three weeks ago? Yeah. I was gonna give a it year, to him a year, just and, because, a year you know, and three weeks ago, yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. It's crazy. Yeah, I uh, I dropped I dropped about five hundred bucks I'm going to be. He's right. It was actually 2019. We did that. Yeah, it was. It was a. It was a couple of years ago, actually. Yeah, <laughs> like, like three of them. No, it's real. <laughs> no, weird. two. It's real weird. Dropped 500 bucks because I got a bonus and nice upgrade. Technically, my gaming platform is getting a nice upgrade, and then my workstation is getting the leftover whatever works. Or you could just have one machine that does it all. Says the guy who has 12 cameras in his child's bedroom. You can't be too safe. You can't. I should mention I think this podcast is, is sponsored 
by our friends at Hook Relay. More on them later in the show. Just want to kind of cue that up, put it in the back of your head. Give you something to anticipate, something to look forward to. Eric, you say, what is Hook Relay? You're going to find out later on, but you have to listen to the whole show and we'll get there. Or at least the first couple minutes. Yeah, you don't have to listen to the show. (laughs) No, we would would never do that to you. (laughs) How's everybody doing? Good, good. Been a crazy week. And I got a question for you. Having a working on a big feature and you have a ton of files in that feature branch, do you try to break it up for reviewers or do you just say, screw it, I'm going to open a PR of 75 plus files and let you deal with it? This is a a very specific point of frustration for me. So in Jira, you can issue a PR and the PR will show you all of the commits within that pull request. And if you go to those commits, you can approve one commit at a time. You can say this commit, yes, yes, whatever. But that has no relevance to the pipeline for pull requests. It's just like a, it's you just flag a commit as as Tom approved this commit. But when you go back to the pull request, there's no indication that Tom did this pull request. And I have a friend who like cherry picks all of his commits into these where you pull up one commit and it says this is the merge of both of the really good at it. But when it comes down to the pull request, that doesn't matter. Like we just get Can you have your friend write an article for a magazine that might be interested in Topics like this? He works. I would never. I will ask him, but. Well, there you go. I will tell you that the right way to do this is very pick into commits that. And and I know I've said this a million times, but Mercurial did this really well. Mercurial, you could switch between branches without having to commit. In Git, when you switch branches, you have to commit. No, you don't. Yeah, you do. Well, you can stash. So that's interesting because that actually, I actually have something about that on my Trello board. We'll get back to that. Go ahead and finish your your 45 minute rant, Tom, because we don't have any other topics to talk about, but go ahead. I ask because this happened to me this week where I've been going down this rabbit hole, been building this feature that, you know, I've already built pieces of it. And then as I'm doing end-to-end testing, I'm, I'm hitting rabbit hole after rabbit hole. I'm like, oh, I should change this. I should change this. So it became a mixture of a major refactor, new code, a ton of tests. So when I looked at it, I realized it was 75 files. I freaked out and I'm like, well, let me open PRs with types of files. So I opened one pull request that had a bunch of commands and I opened one PR that had a bunch of handlers. The problem with doing that is some of those pieces interact with each other. So Right. Then they have to be merged in a certain order. Right. No, I say merged in a certain order because from the feature branch, you, all the files were unique. It was just more of the that when you're reviewing one set of code, you're missing other pieces. So it looks like broken code. It's like, oh, this is referencing class that doesn't even exist. And on top of that, CI won't pass because it's missing a bunch of stuff. But my goal was obviously make it easier on reviewers. You're reviewing, you know, 10 files versus 75. But somewhere along the way, I got highly confused and somebody tried bringing in all six or seven PRs to do functional tests on it while waiting for code review. And it just blew up. It was like, no, not going to work. Screw you. And it was frustrating. Part of it was I got feedback on one PR, made a bunch of changes to it, which affected two or three other PRs. So it was like, crap, now I got to remember to go do that when things are ready. It was just frustrating. Well, I just don't know how to, to segment that out, that out well. My my new PR methodology is I won't review something that doesn't pass, right? That's step one. And that's that's our normal stance as well. Right. It, you don't assign it to somebody until it's past CI. So to at least step prove that point. Step two for me is review the tests that were added to the PR. Mm-hmm. So, like, first off, know what the, know what the intention of the ticket is. Second off, know what's being tested in the ticket. I go through the tests, and if if there's something that I I think is missing or is too oblique not testing enough, then I say there's a test missing for this case. That I leave that comment in the PR. Once that's addressed, then I start looking at the code. <clears throat> so it's it's sort of the opposite of TDD. Well, it's no, it's not the opposite of TDD. It's it's TDD for PRs. But are you, are you guys using 
something like BHAT or doing some sort of behavioral testing, not just unit testing? No. And- I think that's one one place where user stories would benefit, right? You have a user story, so you can test the use cases from well, the user, user story. Sto- our user stories are in the ticket. Right. That's what I mean, though. If you're doing... So step one is to review the ticket. Step two is to make sure that the tests match the the, the user story. Right, but your tests are unit tests, are not user story no, they're tests. No, unit, unit and functional. Okay, so you you do have functional testing that is testing the business logic laid out in the user story. In Laravel, a unit test hits a, a class, like an instantiated route endpoint. Right, okay. That's, We're on the that's same, the We're on difference. the same place there. So there are functional testing the endpoint. But Laravel is very good at the now very good and very bad. When you're doing functional testing with Laravel, the middleware gets skipped. So if you're developing a middleware to do something, then the Laravel functional testing is actually quite bad. So Ben Ramsey and Discord. And if you're interested in joining our Discord, go to discord.phpugly.com. Mentions that all of his PRs go into the main branch. They don't do feature branches. And for the most part, we do the same thing. Everything actually goes to a develop branch and then that gets merged into the main branch. But occasionally when there's something like this, again, 75 files wanting to bring them all into one place for for a good testing case, good functional testing. That's the only reason I opened a feature branch. We don't do a, a whole lot of And if you're in our Discord, if you're in our Discord, make sure you give Ben Ramsey some love. He's up late tonight because he just released PHP 8.1.2, which is really just a long list of bug fixes, clearly because he did a poor job with his last release. So, oh, my God. Yeah. He had a stamp <laughs> late. Oh, my God. Yeah. So make sure you give Ben Ramsey some love in there and let him know that we appreciate him fixing his mistakes. And... Uh, Let's move on. I'm actually really excited. I had a client reach out to me today and asked me to uh, do some work on their code base. And they specifically wanted me to implement enums in their code base. I'm like, hey, that's like an 8.1 feature. He's like, yeah, yeah, I know. We're on 8.1. And I've got to tell you, one of the things I love the most and it really only holds true with this one particular client because other clients think they're on the same level and they're not. This one particular client is really close. I mean, it's basically a developer and he's current with his skill set and really understands like what's going on in PHP, what's going on in Laravel and knows, you know, specific features that he wants and how they need to be implemented. So I was really excited to get the ticket. He's like, Hey, I'm going to give you this ticket. I want you to implement enums on the, on this code base. I'm like, cool. I I wanted to do this. So I'm really (laughs) excited. And you had a client reach out wanting to buy a a company, uh a corporate rate of magazines, right? Am I saying that right? PHP Architect magazines, yeah. He wanted to buy yeah. PHP magazine, PHP Architect magazines for the entire team. Yeah, and if if you if you're in a position where you're interested in buying PHP Architect magazines for your entire team or your entire company, I mean, really, reach out. We 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 encourage you to reach out to non PHP developers and just get them the magazine, see what they do with it. Reach out to John and I directly. Where we try to make make it worth your while as much as we can. So we haven't implemented it on the website yet. So there's no automated way of doing it. But if you ping John and I, we'll work with you on getting that done. Exactly, and it's something we want to build. The more people, the more companies that take us up on it, the faster we will build something to automate it. <laughs> this is very true. This is very true. We're up to a, a few companies right now, and it won't be long. Be like. I'm done doing this all manually. I got to do something here. Yep. Actually. So you guys are talking about Git. Tom was talking about to change branches, you have to do a stash. Our good friend and Patreon supporter, Marianne Pop at LaravelMagazine.com, LaravelMagazine.com has a article out there about Git switch, which corrects that problem, Tom where you can now switch branches and not have to stash. And I believe if the branch isn't there, it actually creates it for you. I don't know because it's a new feature in like Git 2.2.3 and I'm on Git 2.2.1. So you mentioned this other You had something like Git did the same thing? No, no, no. Git, Git tree is different. It's completely different. 
that's a whole different workflow that you should look at. I, depending on, on your development environment, like for me personally, it doesn't work with my devil box environment, but Git tree creates folders for every, every branch you're working on and you're able to switch. It, right, it's right. really but depending on which folder you're in. It depends. It's just the branch. Right. So that, that's a whole different workflow. I think, I think it's more for like people who work with like piled languages and stuff, but I mean, it works for anything in Git. It just, again, the way my workflow is set up with my devil box, it would be just challenging to kind of automate all that. So, so get, check out Git switch. Matter of fact, let me throw this in discord for you guys, or at least queue it up in Trello. So it goes to discords. I have that. I went. I tried this today, and again, I'm a couple of versions behind on my Git. So you were yeah, specifically trying was... out the Git switch, but realized you couldn't use it? Yeah, I realized I was a few few versions behind. Interesting. So we got some bad news today, unfortunately. Well, I mean, I'm hesitant to call it bad news. I think it was a responsible move. I just, I'm a little disappointed. I We hadn't been talking about it a lot, but I was kind of queuing up to go to Midwest PHP in April. John and I had spoken about it, and yeah. I was, you know, in the background making a little few arrangements. They're postponing. They're not going to be in April. They say they're postponing until June. It's kind of good news. They're trying to. That's what I'm saying. It's like it's hard to say it's bad news because it's a very responsible thing to do. I don't know if three months is going to make a huge difference. You can be hopeful that it will be. There's an indication that it will. That yeah, some I've of heard the, this as like well. Some of the math. Yeah, the the situation with the virus is is shitty, and yeah. you know what's what's crazy for me is the like how difficult it is to book a event for an event like this. And I just I remember Wave PHP was like vented on the venue, and the last day we were there, there was like a quinceanera like in the hallway while we were moving chairs out, and I wonder that what was frustrating. I, yes, but I wonder I wonder what this does to the venues. It's I don't care. I just, I'm curious. Well, I, you've, got, you've got to think, you've got to be in the same position as they're probably just happy to have business right now. Like, I, I would be surprised if they're having, like, the issue of overlapping sure. business. Well, but they're, <laughs> they're, they're landlords, so, you know, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> not, not that that's been, like, a, a, a point recently in the last couple of years, but, you know, landlords turn out not to be so great. Trying to double book things, just on, forcing you on, out on, on brighter news. If you're a fan of Laracon online, they announced that they are going to kick off this year's Laracon online on February 9th. I was, I was, and the big plot twist to that is it's going to be free. I was going to yell that over you just to. That's fine. Did you have it in your Trello board? Yeah. Hey, Eric, why don't we get all of our developers tickets to Laracon online this year? Hey, you know what, John? You know what? I'm going to pay for it. You know what, no, Tom? I'll, no, I'll, I'll include no. you. Matter of fact, everybody in our Discord it. will get tickets to Con Online. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm kind of excited about about this, but Why? I wonder. Well, there's some good talks. The first talk is actions are a dev's best friend. Actions is one of the things that, as far as like how to dry up a code base. But I was kind of wondering, like, how do you take time off for this? What do you mean? I don't think you're meant to take time well, off. Well, if I it. went to a conference somewhere, mm-hmm. it's not PTO, but I'm like not in the office. I'm out of the office. Yeah. And and for some of this stuff, I really want to like watch the videos and focus. So how do I tell my manager like, hey, on this day, let's call it February 9th, you know? 2022, I'm basically out of the office for the day. I'm watching. I think this. I I think that's kind kind of weak. Seeing how it's a re- remote. Oh no, I don't dis- you're, I don't you're disagree. I'm just saying, how do I right. how do I explain it and so it can, doesn't if, sound so? If weak? You can, well, I mean, you you do that. You just say, hey, there's this <laughs> conference I'm going to attend. It's online, so I'll, you know, I'll I can respond to questions through Slack or something if you need me to. But I'm not going to like do any real work. I right, know, yeah, no. Joe Joe Ferguson but in Discord the, is calling it a professional development day. I yeah, I think exactly. that's absolutely right. Yeah. What and, is? How and, does someone get I mean, to they, our Discord? They even say. They even say, been through this, Tom, I really wish just once you pay a little bit more attention than when you're talking, but it's still what John mentioned earlier, discord.phpuckly.com. But they even say specifically in this announcement, Tom, if you can't watch live, 
It's not a problem. Oh, no, but I want all talks will be recorded and available online for viewing at your convenience. Yeah. No, I know. I was explicitly omitting that part. Well, that that's the important part to admit when you're trying to be slacked off and take time off work. Is what it, the hell is it? Yeah, oh, just geez. a little bit. Speaking of speaking of Laravel, where's the Laravel nine at? I thought it was supposed to come out in January. I'm excited about it because it's a pivotal pivotal. It's an important release because it forces everybody to <laughs> PHP eight. You really porky. So I'm that really, one. really antsy, antsy for the. It wasn't was it Porky Pig? No, it was Elmer Fudd. Oh yeah, you're right. It was Porky Pig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Again with the fat jokes, Tom. I appreciate. It. Now I have to drink. See this. This is how that liquid diet works. Every time somebody calls you fat, okay. you got to drink. Th- that's the thing is that we don't have a PHP ugly drinking. Absolutely should. Speaking of which. Our sponsor today. We'd like to thank our sponsor for this episode, HookRelay.dev. HookRelay.dev allows you to create powerful webhooks without having to create all the groundwork yourself. Sure, the basics of sending webhooks are easy, but to add more powerful features takes time and effort. That's where HookRelay.dev saves the day. Have you ever tried sending data to third parties that have strict API limits? Do you handle those failures caused by those limits properly using traditional back-off algorithms? Stop worrying about third parties with flaky servers and let HookRelay.dev Continue trying to reach them for you. Resending failed webhooks or just resending for testing is as simple as clicking a button. You can also be the recipient of webhooks. That's right. HookRelay.dev handles both inbound and outbound webhooks. HookRelay.dev can catch the request and then send them to your servers. And best of all, reporting. Writing code to track success failures, create reports, and more is already done with HookRelay.dev. Try HookRelay.dev's free tier today. Get three endpoints, 14-day retention, and 100 deliveries per day. Thank you, HookRelay, for sponsoring today's episode. Thank you, (laughs) HookRelay! So, you didn't see was, while that was playing, both of them bolted out. And came back, and we were wondering if Tom like paused it by mistake, and we're like, "Is this still running?" No, I, I posted. Yeah, no, it, I posted it, in Slack. It, 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 oh no, I didn't. Let me it was totally over quick. too. Yeah, no. Like we had a we had a good five six seconds of uh, silence yeah. there. <laughs> Thank you, Hook Relay. We Thank appreciate you, Relay. your support, and now you know what Hook Relay is all about. You're except, welcome. except, it turns out after I recorded that, we found out. Oh, look, there's this whole special URL. You can go to where we actually get credit for it that we haven't put in there. So we yeah, still have to we do that. Yeah, we don't do that, do we? We mean, of course oh, you you're, do that. You're right. I need, I need to add that. I can, I can add that. I can add that. No problem. I'll, I'll add that. Thanks for reminding me, John. Of course we do that, silly. So I've, we have, in our Discord, we have, a, we have a, a little bot that lets you suggest titles for the episode, which I've been ignoring this episode because I get to talk about something that's... Oh, God. Today? We, we have... <laughs> A number of external API calls, which cost us money every time we service. You know, it could be ten cents, it could be a dollar, it could be twenty dollars. There are some API calls that cost quite a lot of money just to just to ask an inquiry. You got permission to talk about this, right? Just, just getting that out there. I did. It's all been cleared. I did. <laughs> so a lot of these API calls, because they are HTTP run through jobs, Laravel jobs, and recently we switched over to Laravel Horizon and sort of thought nothing of it for a day until we got a bill from one of these providers for $1.5 million. (laughs) Which, quite frankly, if you're talking about a 24-hour time frame, that should just be criminal. There's no way... You should be able to run up a bill of a million dollars within 24 hours. Well, they, they cut us off. On something. They cut us off at 1.5 and then sent us, See, a, that's bullshit. Sent us an that's email. Bullshit. We're, we're not, I'm not condemning any service providers here. I'm not condemning so what, any, what, what any I, actors. What, what was the outcome? Did they stick to it and so it or did appears, they work with you? It appears that what happens in most cases happened here, which is that they there was a forgiveness for an error. If we are being held responsible, wow, the Discord, multiple people are talking. Don't believe we're being held responsible for that bill because it was the same request over and over and over again. But it did introduce an interesting problem for us, which is accounting for external API calls. Like, how do you prevent this from ever happening ever? Hmm. And this is a situation that has occurred with a lot of startup companies. I mean, if you look at, if if you if you look up surprise AWS bill on on Google, you'll get a lot of results. There's a lot of blog entries for enormous surprise bills. 
And our task this sprint is kind of make sure this can't possibly ever happen again. Now, now that means with any of our external services. And fortunately, all of our external requests are wrapped in a middleware that inspects the request before it goes outbound. I still stand behind. That's fine. They want you to do some due diligence on your end. But I still stand behind that that from a service provider should not be allowed. There's just no way. There's no way that should be allowed. But from the point of view dollars, well, if, but I if am they a service were, provider, it, how do I if how do I detect if they were unique if they were unique requests, like I was asking for your asking for a million people's information, that's one thing. But if I'm asking for right. the same five or ten a million times, that's different. That's obviously we don't need that no, same information that you're, many times. You're, you're mm. hot. You're, you're high castling these service providers. They are software developers just like us. Well, exactly. And but- so, so when I send them <clears throat> a million of the same request, that the developers and the managers and the product, the the stakeholders get together and say, "How did this happen? Who do we bill for?" It's it? so funny. The one guy who says that he should never have to pay for anything is defending the company who wants to charge him a million dollars for, for making the oh, same. Oh no, I'm not. I am not. Def- I'm not defending them. It's exactly what you're doing. No, 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 no. I, no. I'm telling you, there I'm should be saying, no way that should be possible. I'm saying, as a developer, this is going to happen both directions. You're going to get hit with what appears to be an attack or someone installing Laravel Horizon. I won't say that Horizon is malware, but holy shit, I saw this coming. But, so how like, did, how, yeah, how did buttery Horizon asked this factor too. into this? I got two questions at once there. No, you didn't. You got the same question. No, Buttery's same. asking the same, same question. How did Laravel Horizon cause this? We have no you idea. You said you saw it coming. Oh, you said you saw it coming. Okay, so Laravel Horizon is a queue manager. And of of all the places where I talk about Laravel moving too fast, like Laravel development moving too fast, Horizon is the place where I've had the, the worst impact. Where Horizon went out the door, doesn't have good support because it's an OSS product owned by Taylor, and is is managing something that was previously managed by long-standing but existing you're still not answering the question. Like what Rabbit happened? We. Like- we're not sure why, but Horizon is able to communicate with and mark a job as failed, which means submit it back into the queue, but it also operates asynchronously, which means that if you load up the same job five times, mark it as failed, submit it into the queue again, and then there is a race condition where the queue gets marked as failed once, but it actually failed five times, then it exponentially increases the queue. So the same job is queued five times after the first execution, 25 times after the second execution, etc., etc. Listen, as, as much as this is going to pain me to say, I agree with Ramsey and in our Discord, <laughs> at, in case you didn't know, Tom discord.phbugly.com. I know that was your next question. Yeah. But if that company doesn't have a way for you to set a threshold, then they can't hold you responsible for something like that. That's bullshit. If they that's if they have a way that's, that's not exactly what why is that bullshit? Why is that bullshit? That makes perfect sense. I mean that's not exactly what he says, but I'm expanding on his idea because I'm a better thinker than he is. He just said that there should be a way to set a threshold. I'm saying that if the company doesn't offer a I don't, way to set a threshold, I don't they get, can't hold you accountable. I don't want to get into one of these situations where I say something and then you just don't talk to me for the rest of the episode. But <laughs> but I'm going to do it anyway. The feature of rate limiting is extraordinarily complicated. The feature of rate limiting by user is extremely complicated. And the feature of rate limiting by user with duplicate detection is extraordinarily complicated. So we're we're you don't three, have to do duplicate no, 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 no. We are three. Yeah, 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 yeah. 100%. You don't have to do duplicate detection if you're, if you're able to set a threshold. If you send right. a million duplicate the company we're, threshold is the company million, we're talking about is accustomed to receiving hundreds of millions of requests per hour to their endpoint. That's fine. Then you can set your threshold at a hundred million requests. Okay, and that's if you, a feature. If you go to five, 
My point being that if they, they don't have that functionality within their software, they, sh- they shouldn't hold a company responsible for which they sending duplicate requests a million which times. Which they didn't. Yeah, but shit bricks until you found out that, that they decided to excuse you. They didn't have to excuse that. No, though. absolutely not. It could have it could have gone to litigation, and we could have made the argument that they didn't set a threshold limit, or they and you or, could point or to there was a configuration or the show. There was a I configuration this, option that allowed you to set a threshold limit. We didn't set the threshold limit. We we estimated X growth, and they didn't stop us. Either way, I mean, either way, you we're getting there was obviously a mistake. You you're blaming. We're You're getting blaming into a territory Horizon that I wouldn't Hang get on. into. Hang on. You're blaming Horizon, but the fact is, it's probably not Horizon's fault. I use no, Beanstalk. 100% Horizon's hey, fault. Hey, stop, 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 stop. Not necessarily. I use Beanstalk D as my queuing system. There, By default, if I don't set a time to run, it's one minute. If my job takes one minute and one second, it will run twice. And then if that runs again, another, it's going to keep doing that. My assumption is Horizon's doing the same thing. Your your nope. response took longer to run. Okay, then what's what's the explanation? Does is this still happening? Are you still sending a million requests? We're not. In a day? We're not using Horizon. The step and one you still was, don't. Step one was remove Horizon and return to RabbitMQ. And I can tell you the difference is that Horizon interacts with Laravel. Horizon tells Laravel this job did or did not finish, and Horizon. RabbitMQ and Beanstalk D pull a record from Redis, execute it, and read from Redis, whereas Horizon updates record in Redis. This is a, a fundamental misunderstanding of how job queuing works. Horizon updates records thinking that there is an atomic interaction, and Beanstalk and Rabbit pull and push records as an atomic interaction. And this is something I have run into in the past. And, and we did an offline conversation two weeks ago where I knew that I knew that Horizon was not trustworthy. And when the pull request came in to implement Horizon, I second guessed myself and I shouldn't but, have. But you I say should have that. said Horizon is bad. Eric, correct me if I'm wrong. We use Horizon in some of our applications, right? And we You're haven't run wrong. What? <laughs> I'm wrong. Oh, we don't we use don't, Horizon. We we just no. use Qs. Don't use Horizon. You don't know if I use we use Horizon or not. That's why I'm asking. I, Eric. I absolutely do because this shit hits the fan. First person I talk to is Eric. Horizon is a nightmare, dude. We've I, had. I this, can't say no. Yes Eric's no. making. Hold on. Eric's making a face, and I have to focus on it. Eric, how many conversations <laughs> have we had about how bad Horizon is? Just between me and you. But I. I I honestly don't have a lot of experience with Horizon. I played with it a little bit when it first came out. I never really had Not a need the question. for it. Don't, don't use it. How many com- You complain about it all the time. All the fucking time. And every time I complain about it, am I wrong? You complain about Vim all the time. You're always wrong on that. So I don't know what to tell I, you. <laughs> I don't complain about Vim. I just say it's dumb. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Not my point. You know Not probably, my point. We probably should do. We should probably, your point should probably be to thank our Patreon supporters, our supporters on Patreon. I don't think we have any. Ben, end of, end of day, he doesn't know what happened. He, no, he's blaming day, Horizon, you, but. End of day, I'll tell you, Horizon updates records in the non-atomic transaction, RabbitMQ, and all the other, all the other queue management systems push and pull, which is an atomic transaction. Horizon should be pulled from GitHub. Damn near cost me one and a half million dollars. You get to send Taylor a bill. <laughs> yeah, send us Taylor. He just moved into a big new house. I'm sure he's got the money to. Oh, you know, you know who care, moves yeah. into big new houses? Assholes. I know, man. Dicks. I'm just saying, man, if I if anyone can get anything from this podcast, Horizon is a toxic fucking problem. And wow, you're is anyone in Discord using Horizon successfully? That I'm I want to really know curious. because this is I'm shocked because I would assume it's a much bigger product and I still want to know like bottom line it, what happened. It, it is a free and open source product, so if you can oh, fix it, Tom, maybe yeah, you, you know that fix it, but... that FOSS stuff. Yeah. Now the point of my story. Oh, dear God. That wasn't <laughs> the point. You haven't gotten to the point yet? Jesus. Now I have to I have to make sure that every outbound request is unique within a period of time or reject it. Okay. Seems which not is that hard. It's caching. Every outbound request. So caching? interestingly, well, you'd think so, but a lot of 
APIs use OAuth with, let's say, five seconds on their keys. Okay. So if I have to make if I have to make ten requests to a specific endpoint, I call the OAuth for it ev to that endpoint. Okay. That's a duplicate. But don't call. you but don't you have the endpoint before you do that? Before you even care about OAuth? I have the URL, but I have to give it can't a different... You, can't you, can't every you do caching? Require, no, every request requires a different key. And I'm that not key talking about required, the keys at this point. I'm not talking about I, the keys. But I am. That key but requires... Why? a set To fetch that OAuth2 key requires another call to the same endpoint with all the same headers, all the same values. Okay. To get so you the don't cache that endpoint. Call. Right. Confusing what, where the issue's at. The issue is defining a middleware that knows when when to cache an endpoint and when not to cache an endpoint, and defining a timeout for making the same call twice on an endpoint. It's it gets messy. You know, some of some of our authentication for endpoints is in the query string. Some of our authentication is in the headers, and some of our authentication is in the form data. It's like we have to build a universal manager for don't send the same thing 500 times when there is some stuff that does have to be sent 500 times it's a it's a very very tricky thing now fortunately we're in the middle of doing a full like logging system so every extra endpoint endpoint but there's no there's no package you can install that just says like yeah http http client for laravel has to it do you know what i mean i hear you i'm just in my mind, it doesn't seem overly complicated to put that in place. You have exceptions to the rule, your OAuth being one of them, but for the most part, everything else is cached within a certain amount of time, so you're not running up a million-dollar bill. Well, I will tell you, we have 30 services with 500 extra calls, some of which are and some of which aren't. Well, you have to selectively put the middleware in place, right? It's not like a you're going to universally put it in front of everything. You're going to go through your jobs and figure out where you need it and where you don't, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's So you know which ones you need to call 500 times a second. Well, I you say you know, but I have to like a Braves fan. Sorry, like I said, I'm just not that interested in project I just don't management. Fucking care. <laughs> This isn't project Throw management. I, you just throw it on like it is. It's like the dumbest fucking conversation. You hit on all the important parts. And we're just still okay. talking about well, this Move one. on. I, I'm, I got my, I got my diet shake here. I'm good. <laughs> You're still on that. I'm gonna run with that one for a while. Yeah. I thought it was funny. Sel- seltzer and whiskey, <laughs> not a diet. <sighs> I, no, I Man. just okay. Oh, Eric, man, stop looking at me like that. Yeah, yeah. To summarize, I got Can I- an enormous bill for calling an AP Times, and it is my onus, it is my problem to make sure that doesn't happen again. And there is an oddly lacking library in place to make sure that doesn't happen again. <laughs> like, I, you, I would, you would I would, think okay. you'd go into packages... And there would be some sort of outbound rate limiter, or even even further than that, if you go into Laravel and you look at outbound, like you try to find something for outbound rate limiting, you don't find that. You find inbound rate limiting, but queuing the queuing system is distinctly uh, shit. And Horizon, right, I go back for to, some reason, is even worse. I want to go back to Eric was talking about an amazing client with he gets to work on enums and new features and in Ramsey's eight point one. <laughs> <laughs> but on the other side of the coin, we have another client that has this wild idea. He's like, I, want, I want this new app. I have this idea of something I want built and then gets way too involved. And it, it's frustrating where they're not giving us business requirements. And of course, Tom left, so he's not going to respond to this. But he comes to us and he basically wants us to think of the entire product, how to how to design it, what it should do, not I mean, he's very vague. He's giving us like three vague points. And then wants to get involved in the architecture. How is the code going to be architected? What database services are we going to use? And it's like, dude, this what isn't the how... What look like? That's been this, isn't how this isn't how this works. We're the developers. Tell us your business rules. What's the use cases? Like, give us requirements. Let us figure that stuff out. And it's so frustrating. And we just can't get through to him. Every time we try to bring that point up, he's like, I've been burned on this too many times. I need to know, you know, you've got enough information and i need to know the architecture is going to handle all this and it's like handle what you haven't told us what to handle yet <laughs> yeah yeah I, I 
Yeah. That's one of the things about running a uh, development studio. You just deal with such a wide range of, of clients. And I mean, some are going to be difficult to work with. Some are going to be easy to work with. Like I said, the, some some are going to know know the technology inside and out. And some, some are not going to know it and willing to admit that. Which one is worse? Then, the, well, the, the middle ground. <laughs> like, yeah, is the one who doesn't and thinks they do and wants to interject, you know, the latest buzzwords that they heard recently. Say, like, hey, yeah, I want to create this app, and uh, you know, it, it should have NFTs associated to it. I'm not sure <laughs> NFTs really kind of uh, well, kind of factor into a, a reservation the, application. No, the, no, no. We can do NFTs. I'm sure the, of it. I, I read it on Reddit. The funny part is he's bringing up technology that we brought to him in other projects. And it's like obviously it's technology we know about. We brought it to you. We're using it. We're going to use the right technology for the right use case. Give us the use cases and let us figure out if it's the proper fit. Yeah, it's tough. It's uh, really well, tough. I mean, isn't that... It's, it's a project management nightmare. You guys, you guys... Oh, you want to type out project about management? Forever. <laughs> isn't that your dynamic What I do want to... For real. And this, this will sound like I'm being... What do they say? An asshole? Sure. But isn't that like the, I can see isn't that. that the dynamic between the two of you where someone is like, I want to talk these things, I want to be an asshole about things. You're like, hey, bring Eric on in. He can explain good why cop, bad cop. Yeah. Is, <laughs> oh no. Isn't it? Are you guys not good cop, bad cop with your business? Like with negotiating I th- contracts? I think I, I think that John takes a much softer hand approach to clients. I'm a little bit more abrasive. I'm very much like, I know what I'm doing. Get out of my way. Just tell me, tell me how much you want to pay for it. And I'll tell you how much we can do for that. And John, John is very, well, you okay. know, let's, so, let's talk to I, him. I guess the question is for John, do you, are there situations where you're like, fuck off and talk to Eric? Like, no, it, so in this case, we got to that point where I finally blew up. And I was like, Eric's point, we can't do anything going down the wrong path. We need, you, you just we said need to Eric's point, just said to Eric's point. Right. He was right. So like, I give him credit when he's right. Do you defer to Eric when you're like, I don't want to fucking deal with this, you, this, this guy. I want to say not to call you. I out. mean, if, no. any, if, if anything, if anything, I defer to John because again, I will, my, my gut reaction is to be abrasive. And so I, you don't I say. will know, I will know, <laughs> shut the fuck up, Tom. I'm talking. I will Sorry, know. I thought I was muted. Sorry. I thought you when were that, muted. When that's building up. It, yeah. I was a lot of times, even like, even if I'm responding like in an email or something, I'll, I'll even post it to John and Slack and say, Hey, I'm going to respond like this. You know, give me some feedback if there's okay, but, but but that goes that goes both ways. That, goes, that totally goes both ways because last week John asked you if it was okay to send this email, and you found out after you read it that he had already sent it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, which email John, is this? But see, John, you he were didn't uh, actually wait for me to respond. You, were, he, you he were, just stuck there. Yeah, John, you were uh, here, but he absolutely. <laughs> He, I missed he that part of the, from, the He got episode. an email from you that said, is it okay for me to say this? And it was like blind CC to Eric and then sent directly to the to, person you were talking to. Now, now to my, in my defense, I asked him and he didn't respond for hours. And I'm like, I'm sending it anyway. <laughs> there, there are certain times where I'm like, it doesn't matter. I'm going to send it as is. But for the most part, question, we're um, very good. I got, I got- I got a functionality question for you. I want to I want to get this in before we run out of time because a lot of people, you know, a lot of people pay attention to the fact that you and I are both on Pop OS. We're very happy with Pop OS. We've been on Pop OS for a couple of years now, like since the pandemic started. I think is when I switched over. Yeah, it's two years. And you weren't too far behind me. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I think it was only like three or four months, Tom. According, but <laughs> anyway, I don't trust the homeless. I have been making a not asserted effort. I mean, like it's not like an effort, but I've been trying to remind myself to to go to PHP Storm when coding a PHP project. Because I really kind of, especially as I was working remote, I really got into the habit of you know back into my Vim flow. And I recently upgraded my Vim configuration, and I haven't gone in there and made my tweaks. So this last week, 
just because I've been lazy, I've been popping back over to Storm. Now, this is probably the first time I use Storm on a regular basis since getting my desktop back from you, which it's still sticky, John. I don't know how you did this thing, but it's just, it's weird. But I've been using Storm, but I have now, and in that time, Pop OS had an upgrade to the OS which I have applied to my system. I don't know if this was happening before the before the upgrade because it's one of the first things I did, but it's happening now. Since that upgrade, when I'm using PHP Storm, I can't control tab over to PHP Storm and get it to get focus of of the system anymore. Like it'll control tab there. Like control tab will tell me it's switching to PHP Storm. Like say I'm going from a command terminal command to tab, Storm. but yes. Yeah, you're right. Command tab. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll command tab from the terminal to PHP Storm. PHP Storm will look like it has focus. And if I start typing, it's going into the terminal. Are you seeing this? Into the terminal? Whatever the last application was, like whatever I was, no, the, I... the keyboard focus. And, and honestly, it, it sounds like we need to do a screen share. If you, if you don't know what I'm talking about right off the bat, then clearly you're not experiencing it. No, I, I, I go, I use it all the time. I, Command tab over to PHP Storm, and I'm right where I need to be. I I've got it. I've got it. Ping me tomorrow. Tomorrow, and we'll do a quick screen sharing. It's not only. It's not only command tab. It's also like the mouse. If the mouse, if I take the mouse and I click into PHP Storm, it still won't take focus. I have to actually click the toolbar above PHP Storm for it to actually get focus. What? For me to start typing into it. It's the weirdest thing, and I'm happy to hear you're not having the problem because that means there's hope for me. I don't know why it's happening. I don't know if I have some sort of weird extension installed. It's your it's tiling. driving me crazy. You're tiling. That's the problem. Be. It might be. I, I wouldn't put it past it. My friend, I should turn off tiling and see if I have, if I still have the problem. If anybody's listening to this podcast, and if anybody's in Discord no, has experienced this, please, please let me know because it's driving me mad. But of course, in my head, you know, much like Tom, I, I blame everybody else but myself. And I'm like, see, this is why I don't use PHP Storm. This sucks. And I didn't even, you know, it just never occurred to me that it's probably not PHP Storm's fault. It's probably my fault somehow. And Nobody else is having this problem. I'm sorry. Did I make that about you, Tom? I apologize. <laughs> well, I just think All it's right. funny that a Vim expert can't figure out behavior. Bum right. I don't have the sound effects thing. Hey, you know what the people love? Doom and gloom. Have you guys been following the, the 5G problems lately? No. Well, it turns out. Around that, airports? Are we talking about that? Yeah. It turns out that uh, that the 5G companies, well, all the all the cell companies rolling out 5G, they bought the Class C video space. But the the sort of older altimeters and use that brought that, that space. So everyone's real pissed that America sold off that broadband space with anybody. So 5G rollout on the Class C broadband has been like halted straight up because it makes plane crash, which, you know, not great. Yeah, all I saw was that a bunch of big companies were trying to cancel their flights recently because of the whole 5G thing. Yeah, the Emirates, a bunch of French, it's... Yeah. It's not great. And you know what? Thank you, John, for yet my story. Huh? I didn't mean that. What? I didn't yes and. I know and. The UK has rolled out its its zero tolerance for end-to-end encryption program. No I'm so confused on your, my, your yes anding. What were you talking about there? It's a prov <laughs> technique. <laughs> okay. I thought you were along with me. <laughs> the UK government does not want end-to-end encryption on any application, which is... For people who develop web applications, fucking lying. Because what we do I is that was a case. That that was a case with the U.S. government too. They're trying to break encryption. Well, breaking encryption is one thing because we could just encryption. But the U.K. government actually created no place to hide. dot org. dot uk, which if you if you read through the website, essentially says that uh, child pornography is the only reason for end-to-end encryption, and we have to end it now. We have to stop end-to-end encryption because of child pornography. It is it is one of the most disingenuous and counter-personal privacy things that's ever existed. I mean, like, it's really horrifying to see a, a, a democratic government publishing this kind of stuff but is it's not passed right it's just something they're considering right but uh to, the brexit, to be fair the people that opened the past 
Yeah, but like it, to it be doesn't fair, the people that open it is the people that bring bills to the f- table don't always understand everything that's going on, and that's their one thing is child pornography. So they're grasping right. onto that and they're trying to bring a bill forward that will stop that, not realizing the impact it has on everything. Well, and else. that's the thing is that my like my personal perspective is that whenever whenever a government program comes up that says well, children, my immediate response now because my, it's my being, immediate it's, response is. What about churches? Well, it's being, but children are being abused, not just by the Catholic Church, but by like government entities trying to use them, gain control. Okay, this took a weird turn. Hard, hard turn. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So while you guys were talking about whatever you're talking about, it wasn't paying attention, crashing planes or whatever, Discord was fixing my problem. You can take the Vim thing down. Don't take off your headphones. Where are you going? <laughs> oh my god and now, we, now we see why we can't be monetized so thanks to our Patreons for supporting us when we do things yeah. like that thanks Patreon because you know yeah, we have problems so, we have problem getting monetized advertisers yeah, don't like us you were right Tom, or Tom gee, thanks bud so I've got to change this diet man. It's just, <laughs> you're right John in, in Discord you were partially right as well it does appear to be tiling related, which is a real, really sucks because that's how I manage my windows now is tiling. See, I can't figure was, that out. I don't know what there is to figure out. It's, it's pretty straightforward, but it took me a while to get used to it as well. It was suggested that I turn tiling or I, I mark the PHP Storm application as an exception to tiling. That doesn't work. So if I turn tiling off, it works just fine. If I turn tiling on, even if I mark PHP Storm as an exception, it still doesn't work. And this is a known issue now. There's an open issue. Thanks again, Discord, for caring about me. There's an open issue in GitHub for this on Pop! OS. So hopefully this gets addressed. Because, I mean, I've been using tiling for, for years now, and it hasn't been an issue. So this has to be something recently that's recently happened. Um so hopefully they fix it. Until then, I don't know. I mean, I turn tiling off when I use PHP ben, Storm, which is really going to suck. Ben asks, what, what is tiling? Because I can't get my, like, I kind of understand it, but I can't get it into my workflow. Yeah. So it took me a long time to understand it, appreciate it. And now I can't live without it. So all tiling does, I think it was originally designed for like laptops, but it works on desktops as well. It's just a window manager that make sure all your open windows are displayed on the screen. So it just tiles your windows so that everything is visible. Now that sounds horrible and in most tiling solutions, it would be horrible, yeah. but pop OS has something called stacking. So when you can create stacks in on top of tiling. So I have tiling and then as I add windows, I can stack them so that they're you know one behind the other, but everything is still tiled out. So it's, it's, it takes it really takes a while to get used to it. It is a nightmare, Ramsey. It's not a nightmare. It, I mean, it's a nightmare. It, it feels that Dude. when you it's like it's like Vim use it's like non Vim users trying to use Vim and talking about how terrible it is because they don't use it and they don't know how to use it. This is very much like that. It's it's challenging to get your head around initially, but once you get once you start using it, it's hard not to use it. Like Yeah, you, you can't quit. You, yeah, it's it's crazy. <laughs> Let's, uh, once you're into it, humor. no, I would kill for a good default tiling solution. I have I have two ultra wides, and the way that I manage my my windows is is well, it's like a guy who grew up on a console. I I need something to fix my. <clears throat> it's everything is stacked on. There's there's a whole lot of tiling people in Discord right now, so I expect a PHP Architect article very soon about the benefits and how to use it properly. From one of you. YouTube video in Discord. Well, yeah, that YouTube video that just posted to Discord is about Pop! OS tiling. I don't know if they talk about stacking. I mean, stacking is really kind of go, for me, goes hand in hand with the tiling. Like, I don't think I could do it without stacking, but yeah, it's check it out. Well, I, I posted a picture on, on Discord of my current, like, and it's like, I need help because this is, this is a, this is awful. I just constantly command tab. Like I leave my, my screen. It's, it's not about command tabbing though. It's about visibility to your windows. I, I usually have a side, side by side. Like I have either two browsers side by side. 
my IDE usually on the my full vertical monitor, and then for me, it's just put command tab to what I need. Well, but that's a that's the thing. So what happens when when you want like a third window open? You want to be able to see that, right? Like I just posted, you know, kind of my window is now typically the Spotify. So Spotify would be an example where I would have a stack. So whenever I have like whenever there's a window that's taking up a quarter of a screen. Those will I will I will typically create stacks. So like Spotify, I would have Spotify, my to do list, Discord, you know, like a bunch of things that I don't constantly need up, but like things I like to cycle through. And you cycle through them the same way, Command Tab. That doesn't change. But it's just like it basically utilizes one hundred percent of your screen real real estate, and so your screen is always being one hundred percent used. What you want visible on that one hundred percent, like I could have it one hundred percent used and have that whole screen be a stack if I wanted to. But it's just about utilization of your screen space. There's the entire real estate is used. Not not to bring things back to you know programming, but I actually had I had a meeting this week where the terminology. It got so confused where people were talking about stacks and tiles and tabs and that I said, we have to stop this whole meeting. Someone has to pull up a picture and put names on all of these things. And and what, what you're looking at, you posted a screenshot of a stack? I posted a screenshot of tiling. There's no stacks there because I right. just turned off tiling. So this is what later. I'm saying is that these kinds of conversations are really great if everyone is on the same page, but the terminology of a stack versus a tile is a component. Like we, we get caught up in this as architects, as, as data architects, we get caught up in this shit so much. It's uh, very, I think, I think, I think I think there's a certain personality type that does. So John was asking me to explain it. We're explaining it. I'm explaining tiles. And I'm explaining that there's another concept called stacks that, for me, go hand in hand with tiles. So explaining something is not kind of, you know, going going down a rabbit hole of terminology. We're explaining stacks and tiles and the difference between the two. But isn't isn't terminology like the global thing? If you're if you if I, I you, don't know skip, what you just said. if you skip So anyways, back back to the high level. If you're if you're curious why you use tiles, tiles will will utilize 100% of your screen real estate for you automatically. So if you launch two apps, it'll launch two apps side by side. If you want only one app on your window at a time, you would stack those two. See, that's from I turn it on and it's got like teeny tiny little squares all over the place. I'm like, that doesn't that's work. That's the problem. You really have to turn it on when you have few windows open because like just now, I turned it off to test that PHP storm issue and discovered that that was the issue. When I turned it back on, my screen was an absolute mess because just exactly what you talked about. I have like 50 windows open, which in a normal circumstance, I managed perfectly fine with my stack, with my tiles and stacks. But because I didn't have a chance to define my stacks, initially does everything as a tile, which is one of the gripes a lot of people say about tiling. It's like, hey, if I enable tiling, I wanted to remember my stacks as well. And when I enable tiling, I want you to automatically start stacking for me. But it doesn't do that. So when I turned it on, it was a disaster, right? I had like 50 windows open and they were all being tiled. Now they were all using, I have three screens here and they used all three screens. (laughs) But I mean, my main screen just had some small windows, so I had to clean it up. So typically you want to start tiling. If you're going to use stacks, you start tiling with a few windows open. Then you start defining your stacks and then it's not a problem. How do you, how do you clean it up once you're in this state? Or are you going to close everything down and then restart? I'll just restart. Like, I'll restart when it reboots. I'll just have to start the whole tiling stacking process again. Gotcha. It doesn't, it doesn't you know, it will remember, like, I have certain windows open, which is fine, but it won't won't automatically going into, it won't automatically go into tile mode for me. So it never restarts with, like, 50, 50 windows open. I think when it restarts, I have Slack open, Chrome open, and I want to say, like, Telegram and Discord might be open as well. So I might have four windows open, which is no issue to stack, to tile. So it's, yeah, that's not a problem. And, and shutting down apps is just a command command tab to it. You queue it out and it's gone or you, it's not a big deal. Maybe I'll try it again. Probably not. It's one of those things that once you get the hang of, you really miss it. Like if it goes away, like that, that month I was on my Mac, 
I was really missing my tiling system. Just buy I'm more monitors. With, uh, yeah, I, I'm I, on board with John right I, here. Like 10 monitors, what's the problem? I, except for the fact that I tried putting a third onto my machine and everything slowed down and I wasn't able to, to do things. So Did you hook it up to yeah, your it's uh, the, GPU? It's the wrong, you're on the wrong port. <laughs> I got three <laughs> monitors. Have, okay, so Eric, you won't appreciate you, this. You also weren't playing Rocket League. Eric, you won't appreciate this, but since... Since John plugged the monitor into the wrong port, there have been like 20 videos on YouTube about like, hey, when you get a new computer, make sure you plug the monitor into the right part of the computer. And I know John has seen like four of them on Linus Tech Tips and just felt super bad about it. Not at all. (laughs) There was... There was one today that was like, hey, when you buy a new Intel system, plug the video in, right? No, didn't see it. And with that, I'm pretty sure we're we're done. Yes. You know what that means. We can be done. We get to Harry Mac dance. Oh, all right, Eric, close us out. Let's end do, the show first. Do your, do your thing. All right. Thank you for listening to episode 270 PHP Ugly. We appreciate you, and we thank you for being a part of the show, our, our people in Discord. I'm Eric. I'm John. Tom. Keep it ugly. One, two, one, two. Uh, coming off the top. Y'all know how we do. Listen, I'ma drop a freestyle you can cherish. I'ma send a shout out to the host named Eric. Yo, he's never on some average shit. You know, Eric, he stays loud and passionate. I'm about to break it down for y'all with the clever song. Yo, shout the host name Thomas, cause he's never wrong. Yo, shout to John. You know that he's smart and quiet. Unlike my freestyles, which cause a riot. I'm about to do it like this, cause the people love me. Shouts out to people. PHP, the ugly, it's called ugly cause it's not professional, but I'm about to come through and bless it with style, so let's do it when I'm spitting, I perfume the room, yo, the segment of the show is called doom and gloom, that came from Thomas, yeah, can nobody go beyond this, I get the mic and then I'm about to keep it like a promise, yeah, and y'all know we fill them up with anguish, we talking about the PHP, the programming language, about to break it down, no exaggeration, what do y'all do for a living web applications, okay, I I can dig it, my words spray tight, uh, they getting together on the Thursday nights, yeah, when it comes to rhyming, you can call me the new dude, I spew true lyrics while y'all broadcast on YouTube, so let's get it, you know my lyrics are major, all up in the comments, they got plenty of haters, but they doing what they doing, keep it ugly, we ending every show with the saying it's lovely, let's go, yeah, come on.